This is Bob Rourke with Business Leaders Podcast, and today we have Randy McGinnis, the CEO of Peak Elevator, and Garrett McGinnis, the Director of Franchise Development for Peak Vertical Transportation Group. That's Peak Elevator's franchising division. Randy is co-founder of Peak Elevator and Peak Vertical Transportation Group, has been in Colorado since 2007. Peak Elevator specializes in all sectors of the vertical transportation industry. Their management team has over 80 years of collective experience, offers complimentary site surveys, consultations, and estimates. Their expertise and service includes preventative maintenance, repairs, modernizations, equipment upgrades, and new installations. We're pleased to welcome Randy and Garrett to the podcast. Thank you very much, Bob. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate you guys taking the time today. Randy, tell us a little bit about your business and the clients or customers you serve. Peak Elevator is an elevator service provider. We primarily focus on preventive maintenance, modernization, repairs of elevators and escalators in Colorado and Wyoming. Our client is in Colorado and Wyoming today. Those who currently are responsible for managing and or own elevators in buildings, apartments, hospitals, and so on and so forth. We were talking before the show and said, well, we take care of this many units. And I, I was going, well, I'm, I'm ignorant about the elevator business. Uh, what's a unit? Tell us a little bit about how you guys track metrics, you know, and what's a unit, and what typically do you do? A unit in the elevator industry is typically defined as an elevator or an escalator or a piece of equipment that we maintain or service. And so if this building, for instance, has two elevators, we would say that there are two units at this location. So in terms of what we do, yeah, we service, uh, maintain, do modernizations on older elevators. We do repairs on all types of elevators and escalators as the repair need arises. And so, uh, and then we also do testing on elevators and escalators. And so, I don't know, for you folks that are listening to the podcast, you can't see the resemblance between um, Garrett and Randy, but this is a family operation. And Jim, uh, Garrett's dad, is not here. He's out actually running operations at the moment. For you guys, how did you get started in the elevator business? Yeah. For me, I got in the elevator industry whenever I was 18 years old. And so that's 37 years ago. Uh, yes, I'm 55. So I had a neighbor that was in the elevator industry. He worked for Otis Elevator. And his wife, whenever I was in about the fourth and fifth grade, used to babysit me. And so whenever I was in trouble, instead of putting me in timeout because they didn't have timeout then, what they would do is they would set me down on a couch. And the only thing in front of me was an elevator book. And so I would find myself flipping through elevator magazines and elevator books. And from a very young age, I, I just became intrigued about the industry. You know, it's, it's interesting. And you guys have 80 years of collective experience that you bring to the table. But we were talking before the show that you guys have some events that are coming up here in the very near future, Randy. Right. And you guys are pretty fired up about it. What have you got coming up soon? Right. We are excited about a franchise opportunity, Bob, that we launched January 30th. The franchise opportunity affords elevator professionals, that's mechanics, sales associates, and other elevator professionals, the opportunity to own their own elevator business. We believe in our research and, and our history tells us that there are thousands of seasoned elevator professionals in the U.S. who currently are working for another company. You know, they're not satisfied. 
They're not satisfied in that they they are frustrated with the ability to serve their clients as they would wish that the clients were served. And then also they're dissatisfied with the end game, and that is where their family's being taken care of. So our opportunity affords those elevator professionals across the U.S. an opportunity to own their own elevator business. And so they can go into business for themselves, but not by themselves. Garrett, you know, we're, we're chatting away and, and the listener may be going, so what's it take to be a good franchise? What's an optimal franchise owner look like? Sure. We put a lot of thought into this to kind of identify the characteristics of these franchisees. What really makes one stand out from the other? A great franchisee, they're already in the industry today. They're one of the many candidates Randy mentioned, whether they're a technician, they're an inspector, a consultant, a sales rep. They're in the industry today in some capacity, but they have a little bit of pain in that capacity as they're in a traditional employee arrangement where they're working towards the greater good of a company they don't own. Our opportunity allows them to break out of that norm and to start their own business, something they can control, something they can grow. They can hang on to the thing for years, or they could hand it to a relative, a son, daughter, sibling to run as well. As I understand it, there hasn't been a franchise opportunity available in the commercial elevator business. Is that true? That's correct. That is correct. I think about the journey we're talking about. You guys were in the field and you built your business. What was the number of units when you guys started? It was you and your brother, right? Yeah. So when Jim and I started in 2007, we had 67 units on service. And we've grown that unit base from 67 to a little over 1,200 units today. So in a 10-year time frame, we don't want to think about that compound growth curve. So it's pretty extraordinary. And, you know, and I think about you're busy running your business and you're doing what you know and you and your brother are working away and Garrett, you're involved in the business. Take me to that point where the inspiration to offer a franchise opportunity Talk me through how that happened. Yeah, it's interesting, Bob. I'm a man of faith. My wife and I had decided to pray about Peak Elevator's future and the opportunities that we felt that we potentially had for the future of Peak Elevator. In that process, it's interesting. I had a revelation, actually, at about 2 o'clock in the morning one morning. Woke up, got up out of bed, and went down to my computer, and I began to type out on a Word document the plan for franchising. And having sat back after about two hours going through that exercise, there's no way, Bob, I could have come up with the model or the concept. So it's interesting also, whenever I went on the next Monday to share that information with Jim and with Garrett, the response that they had. So, Garrett, you're sitting here in a normal morning. You've got your work schedule lined up, right? And you go, okay, here we are. And Randy comes in. And as I understand it, fasting was involved, so right. we, we, had yes. a, we had a skinny Randy show up, <laughs> looking a little bit hungry, but inspired. Yes. Take me to that moment where he comes in and says, I have this idea. From the beginning, Randy played this one pretty close to the vest. He didn't really lead on to anything that he was trying to formulate with this idea, so it was pretty surprising. Uh, I think the day before, he and I had talked about opening up another office outside of Colorado and what that could look like. So fast forward 12 hours later, and he has this idea of national franchising. It, it was 
very surprising and exciting at the same time. What did your dad have to say? I had more to say than my dad had to say. <laughs> my dad kind of just acknowledged it and shook his head and, and was like, okay, well, what service calls do we have for the day? And it just, and I think the reason my dad and I had that approach was it was such a abstract concept. It was such a refreshing idea that I don't think we really comprehended it at first. It, it brought more questions than answers. The more we kind of sat there and digested it, we were like, okay, I heard what he said, but wow, how do we, how do we do this? Where do we go from here? Yeah. And, and so we're going back, Randy, to the time frame. And so yes. you've come in and you've let everybody know what you think the direction of the company is going to be. How long ago was that? Yeah, it was about four and a half years. You know, I, I think about as people are listening and they're going like, so it was four years ago and you went basically in 10 years to some astronomical growth in your number of units serviced. Talk to me a little bit about what you guys did over the past four years to go from concept or theory to where you are today. Yeah, it's interesting because what we didn't know is that after the announcement to Jim and Garrett that we were gonna franchise, is that the real work would begin at that point. So what we did is we discussed this and, and we decided, look, rather than just hire a consulting firm right off the bat, let's test and prove this theory. Coming from the development side of the elevator industry, I'm a development guy. And so I always like to know that when you've got a conceptual idea that you put a pilot program together and you beta test and you pilot this concept. So that's what we did. So we put together a plan to open an office in Pueblo. So we opened this office with an individual who had no elevator experience. She came into our organization from selling perfume, basically. We had a model and a concept that we shared with her. We mentored her through the process. And in a year's time, it was amazing to see the growth. She was able to follow our franchising model, and she was good at it. Not knowing anything about the industry or the elevator business in general, she came into our model, followed the model, and was very successful. That branch is still open today. We run it as a satellite operation. We did the second one, Bob, because we didn't really know if the first one was a fluke, <laughs> to be honest with you. So we did the same thing. And in this particular case, we did it with an individual who happened to be a manager of Cracker Barrel. She came into the business without elevator experience. And lo and behold, after a year or so, we saw that model working very well as well. Ultimately, we would have four models working with our franchise system. And we mentored each model as if they were an actual franchisee. And so today we call those satellite offices, extension of peak elevator, they're a satellite office, they're not franchisee owned, but that was how the model and the concept came about. I think in this circumstance for folks that are listening, the part that appeals to me is that you go from concept to proof. Right. And then you take an operate and it's not a one off and it's not a two off that you put four in place and you run your current operation. And so you could execute and scale as well. Right. Now, granted, once we had proven two of those models, now we knew it was time to get uh, some professionals engaged. So what we did is we engaged a company out of Dallas, International Franchise Group. The owner, Dave Hood, I presented our model and our concept to him, a panel of his peers. Dave actually rolled up his sleeve and said, you know, rarely do I get goosebumps anymore about a pizza joint or a sub sandwich concept. But Randy, I have to tell you, you know, I've got goosebumps because I believe that the timing is right for your pioneering concept within your industry. 
Yeah. The listeners, and, and me included, if you were going to say how many units you think there might be in the United States, how many units are there in the United States, you reckon? Yeah. 945,000. There's, there's a few. There are there's a few. A few, few opportunities. It, it, few. They're drastically different, though, geographically. You've got a place like Wyoming that has 10,000 or less units. You have a place like New York City, the greater New York City area, that's pushing 60,000 just in a geographic territory. So It's interesting, and you think about the franchise opportunity, and for the folks that are listening, we went from folks that basically had no experience in the industry you know, and you think about the current franchise person that you're looking for. Right. What's that ideal franchise owner now look like to you? We've really come full circle with this, and we, and we do believe that our franchise candidate, like Garrett said earlier, has elevator experience today. He or she may not have experience in every sector of the elevator business, but he or she, they've been in the elevator business for a number of years. They've got a real good understanding of their market within the industry, and that individual may partner with another individual or two. So those individuals then become a model candidate. I want to kind of expand on that as well. What Randy just described is our new startup option. Mm -hmm. A franchise candidate may also look like what we call a conversion, which is the second option for our franchising model. It's those independent elevator companies that are already in existence today. They've done pretty well for themselves, but they're struggling and they have some pain in certain areas. They may really excel in, in one field, but they struggle in marketing or they need continual taxation advice some part of their business model may be flawed to a point where they would like to pursue a conversion opportunity. In those scenarios, we go in, apply the same business model as if it was a startup. We basically convert them to a peak elevator location and they continue to do business under our branding. And looking at it, you know, and and we've talked about the qualifications and your journey. You know, I'm sitting out there and let's say I'm a potential franchise interested franchise owner, right. what's the most valuable benefit do you think that Peak Elevator is going to offer to that potential franchise owner? Yeah. The most valuable offering that we bring to the franchisee is our experience. And then, uh, of course, a tried, tested, and proven franchise system and model. Unlike myself and Jim, our franchisees really won't have to start a business without a business system or they won't have to start a business with a tremendous amount of unknowns. So we have a business system, a franchise system, that we deliver to the franchisee. We set their system up, and we train them on how to operate the system, how to use the system. And then, like our first pilot in Pueblo, if that leadership team can follow the system, then it mitigates the opportunity for failure. So with our tried, tested, and proven system, Bob, we believe we can take elevator mechanics, we can take sales professionals or other professionals in the industry, we can take them out of their current role, and we can convert them into uh, successful business owners. Garrett, how do you see the difference between perhaps what a potential candidate is doing now versus perhaps if they're a peak franchise owner-operator? What do you think the difference between those two are? You know, it's a pretty big difference. I'm third generation elevator professional, if you will. My dad, obviously, in the industry, Randy, I have other uncles, cousins, family members in the elevator industry and have had for quite some time. 
so far back that even both of my grandfathers were in the elevator industry. So being a third generation member of this industry, I've had a really good insight to watch how this industry has changed over the past 30 years. I think the biggest difference with what we're offering is the ability to go into business for themselves. Randy spoke at great lengths about our business model, which is ironically probably the biggest fear and the biggest doubt that so many men and women in this industry have right now is, I want to do this, but I'm struggling of where to go from here. By taking that doubt away, it really frees up a lot of liberty for these men and women to go chase this dream of owning something that they can prosper from. Yeah. As I think about this as you're talking, if you had a prototype or a dream for your franchise owners, what would you like to see them, you know, if we're sitting here five years down the road and you have your franchise operators on, what do you see them gaining from this? I see them gaining freedom and security. Our goal from the beginning was to afford seasoned elevator professionals the freedom to own their own business. In the beginning, most of our franchise owners are going to work hands-on in their business. As time passes, they're going to hire managers that will be running their business. At that point, Bob, the owners of the organization will remove themselves from the day-to-day-to-day hands-on operation of the business, and they'll begin to work on their business and not in their business. And that affords them the latitude then at the end of the day to have that dream fulfilled that most of those guys, they've dreamed about for a number of years, owning their own business and securing their family's future. Because at the end of the day, that's what we all want. We all want to secure our family's future. We talked a little bit before the show on some of the inspirations and, and whatnot. And you know, I'm thinking, so you guys are running basically a one location shop here in Denver. And then you start opening Pueblo and you're opening additional locations. Take me to the thought process or the, probably the biggest aha moment that you had when you went from a single location to multiple locations and you're going, what am I seeing different or better or an insight that you didn't have before now that you're running multiple locations? The biggest aha moment for me was, I believe, understanding I'm a business owner. So I spent 20 years turning wrenches in the elevator business. It took a while for that reality to sink in. As the reality sank in, it became very evident to me that there are other elevator professionals out there in the U.S. who share the same dream that Jim and I had to own our own business, but they didn't have the system. Because they didn't have a system, doubt and fear crept in. And with those three ingredients, it means that that professional is just going to stay in that daily grind. They're going to continue on that treadmill they're on right now. They're going to continue to work for someone else. And they're going to be frustrated at the end of their career because they really didn't take the initiative to own their own business and secure their family's future. In a way, most of them are going to feel like that they could have. With our franchise opportunity, it does provide that aha moment. Aha! I can do this. I was thinking as you were talking about working on the business and in the business, mm -hmm. and you were in the development phase at Kone, you continually refer back to systems. Right. And I think about the leverage that occurs on a proven system. Can you dive a little bit into, when you talk about the systems you provide 
to these potential franchises. Can you describe roughly what you're talking about? Absolutely. Yeah, our franchise system is an all-inclusive A to Z offering. So it includes sales vehicles by which our franchisees are going to perform sales functions. It includes marketing and advertising tools that they're going to use to market and advertise their business. It includes service and field operation activities. There are operations manuals for every single sector of what we're offering. Accounting, administration, financial, legal, even continued business development for the franchisees as they continue to develop their own personal business. So our model includes everything that the franchisee is going to need to start his own business, get the business up and running, grow that business to a sustainable business, and eventually take a little more of a hands-off approach, manage that business, and then even have the opportunity to open additional franchises if that franchisee chooses to do so. Garrett, we're sitting here chatting about the systems. And so I understand that you guys have within a month now where you're going to go and meet with a fair quantity of folks that are interested. How many folks are interested in, in this that you're going to see? I think you're seeing them in Dallas next month. We are. It's an opportunity forum in Dallas. It's actually in Arlington. We've invited pretty much the entire Dallas, Fort Worth, metro area, elevator professional community. So in this three-day event, it's the 9th, the 11th, and the 13th, we're going to offer a chance for them to come in, learn more about the concept, and really unlock some details to figure out if this is something they'd like to pursue. They're going to get a very good understanding of what we offer as it relates to initial support, ongoing education, kind of how the entire process and the relationship will play out. And you guys have offerings in how many states? Currently, we have offerings in 36 states. Yeah, and and in our pipeline right now, Bob, we have over 150 elevator professionals that have raised their hand, sent us an inquiry and said, hey, I'm interested in finding out what it would take to start my own franchise business. And you guys have only had this opportunity available since? January 30th of this year. So fairly good reception. Yes, sir. As you guys are looking at your career and getting business started, you know, at some point you transitioned from being basically a wrench turner in the field to an entrepreneur. Talk me through that just a little bit, where that spark or what that moment looked like. Yeah. It's interesting because like several of the professionals that are going to see this podcast, I was in the elevator business and I became a skilled craftsman. I was good at what I did out in the field. And at some point in my career, I wanted to go and own my own company, but I just didn't have the system. I had so much fear and so much doubt, Bob, and I knew that I didn't have a solid system to start with. And so being the entrepreneur that I am, I really felt like it was next impossible to start my own elevator business without that system. Part of the reason why Peak Elevator's opportunity includes such a solid system is we recognize that the system is critical to the success of the owner. And if the owner will follow our franchise system, and if the owner can execute the model within his own organization, 
we know without a shadow of a doubt there are hundreds of elevator franchisee owners that are going to wear our brand and have a successful business. It's an interesting transition to go from seeing yourself as an employee to a business owner. And then you think about, well, I want to open another location and another location. And Garrett, you've seen this journey. For you, you grew up watching your dad and your uncle in the business. And your ahas may be different. What do you think and what strikes you the most about the best learning moment or the best piece of advice that you've gotten from your dad or your uncle or an influencer sure. in your life? Growing up, I watched them have this dream, this passion of doing this. There was always this dream to go do something like this, but it wasn't until they really sat down with each other and said, let's do this. We've talked about this for 20 years. Let's go do this. I'll be honest. I had my own feelings about them doing this for quite a while before they started their own company. I knew that if they ever started it, it would be successful. And I knew that sheerly on faith of them being hard workers, them wanting to do better for themselves, better for their family. I knew that if they would ever just cross that threshold of going from dreaming to doing, they'd be successful business owners. I got to kind of brag on the industry here for a second because elevator industry technicians, professionals, nationwide, there is so much talent in this industry. So much of that talent, though, is muffled by this fear or this unknown of breaking out and doing their own thing. My aha moment came through a series of us opening new offices, meeting new customers, new technicians, and finding out how consistent it is across the board. So many of them want to do this. They're just looking for that help and that streamlined process. We were talking about the franchisees and you guys running your operation. On the other side of this equation is the customer, the person that's responsible for the elevator, the person that owns the building. What type of comments are you hearing from, from the owners? I spoke a minute ago about the consistency of the elevator technician. That is another consistency with the customer. We have seen a growing over the past 10, 20 years, we've seen a growing trend in this industry of customers in a roundabout way, not necessarily getting what they paid for. I would say there is a growing frustration in the industry from a customer yeah. base where these customers are getting to the point where they want a result like what Peak Elevator provides. They want that preventive maintenance. They want mm -hmm. that customer care. They want that customer service feel that has kind of vacated our industry. Yeah, the evolution in the industry, Bob, if I can just chime in, has been remarkable. In 1980, when Jim and I got in the elevator industry, as service technician, a typical service technician, he would have 120, 130 units on his service route. Today, it's not uncommon for a typical service technician to have over 200, 225. And in some cases, if you happen to find yourself on what they call a super route, you'll find yourself with about 300 units on your route. And so the industry, the evolution of the industry in terms of preventive maintenance has transformed itself from a service business to an invoicing business. Customer still sees the invoice every month, but unfortunately in our industry, they only see their technicians in most cases whenever there's a trouble call or whenever the uh, provider has dedicated time for the service technician to go out to see the unit, which typically nowadays is about four times maximum per year, and in some cases once a year. 
peak elevator, however, our model is completely different. Our model takes us back to 1980, where we still have units that we service every single month. It's important in our model to, to provide the service to the client that he's paying for. I just think about general math. If there's 20 work days in an average month right. and you've got 200 units at a minimum right. and traffic being what traffic is, very difficult sure. to get just get there. Yes, sir, it is. And unfortunately, the consumer is paying the cost of that. And they're paying the cost because their equipment is not being maintained properly at the frequency that it needs to be maintained. So at the end of the day, the longevity of the equipment is reduced. The amount of failures is more frequent. And ultimately, both the client and the riding public pay that penalty for the evolution of the industry. Let's pretend for a moment that I'm a qualified professional in the vertical transportation industry. Okay. I love that. And I'm going like, you know, this sounds interesting. I know I know how to work hard. My wife understands that I work really hard and my family does and I'm gone a lot and I'm doing my thing. This sounds interesting, but golly, you know, I've got this doubt. I got this doubt in the back of my mind, like many. If I was that guy, talk to me about what you could offer to help him deal with that doubt. So the first thing we would want to do, Bob, is discuss the finances of pulling this off. Most elevator professionals think that it takes four or five million dollars invested capital in order to start an elevator company. It's simply not true. So what we do is we share with them our pro forma. The pro forma that we have can be based on their model and their ideas of the size of operation they want to run. We have an offering for someone to start an elevator company with he and his buddy. Maybe his buddy's a sales associate and he's a field mechanic and they can start an elevator company, grow their business organically in their local community. And they're starting with basically no units on service or very minimal amount of units on service. And it's very affordable for $35,000 initial investment cost, that buys you into the franchise system. Peak Elevator, once you sign a contract with us, what we'll do is we'll work with you and our lenders to secure working capital if you need working capital. On the other side of that, you're gonna have some that come to us who already have their existing operation in, and that individual's gonna basically be required to pay $17,500 as an initial investment to have what we and what Garrett had referred to as a conversion franchise. So we'll convert their brand over to our brand, and we'll also work with them if they need additional working capital. So at the end of the day, the biggest doubt that most elevator professionals have is, I doubt that I have the revenue that it takes to do this. And then the second thing is, like Garrett said, a tried, tested, and proven system a solid system by which they know in the back of their mind, I've got a means and a mechanism to manage and run a successful business. And then the last thing that I would share with you, Bob, would be the level of support that you're going to receive. Our franchisees are going to be mentored by the business leaders at Peak Elevator that have been involved in our process from day one. 
These leaders, they understand what the system looks like. They understand the various steps in the process, and they understand the elevator business because Jim and I specifically hand-selected elevator professionals from the communities within the United States that we knew could translate our business model into plain English for a seasoned mechanic or a seasoned sales professional or a general manager maybe working for another company so that that individual could could have the opportunity to fulfill their dreams just like Jim and I had the opportunity to fulfill our dreams. I think if I'm still in that role as that person trying to go, is this for me? The answer is to reach out and at least try to gather the details. Right, sure. And go, you know, rule it in or rule it out. Just don't rule it out out of hand. Right. One of the key things that you guys do repetitively and generationally, what would you say is the one single thing that has really contributed to your success through the years? I'll tell you from my own perspective, honesty, hard work, and integrity. From a very young child, my parents instilled honesty, hard work, and integrity in me. And I saw them live that out through their daily lives. And I believe that there are a tremendous amount of honest, hardworking elevator professionals out there that have a high level of integrity. People who can represent our brand and take our brand to the elevator community, represent professional, ethical, accountable, and knowledgeable service within the elevator business, and take peak elevator on a national level out to the communities and succeed at doing so. Well, in, in, to wrap this up, I've learned a bunch about the industry I had no idea about. But if we've got the listeners out there and if there was a parting piece of advice that you had to them in regard to the impetus to take and grow and franchise your business, what would be your advice to those folks? My advice is pretty simple. If you think you can do this, you're right, and we can help you. We've talked a lot about frustrations and fears and doubts, but our concept has done its best to remove that. If there's anyone out there, elevator industry professional or not, who's thinking of pursuing something like this, I can tell you that we've done everything out there there is to do to mitigate a lot of the front-end risk, and we're there to support you in the process. And if I could just echo part of what Garrett's saying, call and, and inquire. Find out what it takes to really pull this off. You'll be surprised how easy it is, both financially and from a systems perspective. Because with a tried, tested, and proven system, Bob, like Garrett said, we have truly mitigated most of the risk. Yes, there's still hard work involved. Yes, there's a high level of integrity that our franchisees are going to be mandated to adhere to. But we believe that the monetary functions, we've got a, a mechanism in place to make sure that they can afford this. It's more affordable than they think. And remove the doubt. Remove the fear. Pick up the telephone. Call and inquire. We'll walk you through the process that, that it takes to become a franchise owner. And like myself and like Jim, the only regret that the individual may have is not doing this much sooner. Well, guys, Garrett, Randy, yes. I appreciate you taking the time. Thanks very much. Thank Bob, you. we appreciate it. And if 
there are listeners out there that are wanting to get in touch with us. You can do so by reaching out to us via email. My email address is randy.mcginnis, that's R-A-N-D-Y dot M-C-G-I-N-N-I-S at Peak Elevator. Garrett's is Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T dot McGinnis at peakelevator.com. We also are on LinkedIn. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We have two websites. Peak Elevator has a website, peakelevator.com. And Peak Vertical Transportation Group has a website. That website is peakelevatorfranchise.com. In closing, we would encourage our listeners to go out and research and then pick up the telephone and call us. And Bob, we appreciate you for the time. Absolutely. It's no been, problem. It's, it's been, been fun. Awesome. Thanks Thank very much. Thank you very much.